Over 100,000 restaurants have closed for good since the coronavirus shut down the world in March. For Chef Month 2020, we here at Tender Friends are raising funds for restaurants and restaurant workers affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. All money raised will go directly to the Restaurant Workers Community Relief Fund, which has raised over $7.5 million, with 50% of that going directly to the folks on the front lines, keeping our favorite restaurants up and running. To donate, please visit the link in our Instagram bio at TenderFriendsPod, or go directly to the GoFundMe by visiting gf.me slash u slash zaqp38. Again, that link is gf.me slash the letter u slash zaqp38. Any amount helps, and we appreciate your support. We hope you enjoy our conversations with some of our favorite chefs. And to the restaurant workers around the world, thank you and stay safe. Welcome to Tender Friends, the only podcast about chicken tenders and chicken nuggets. I'm Michael Walker. And I'm Eric Wilson. Welcome to Chef Month 2020. Wow. It's episode one. We're kicking it off big. We're ending the year in a huge way. We're very excited to uh, bring you Chef Month. We're very excited that the chefs that are coming on have agreed to come on uh, in the middle of a pandemic, which I'm sure is not easy to run a restaurant in. Uh, the talk middle to of and also talk to some, some nerds on the uh, <laughs> podcast. Um, so we appreciate all their time this month. Um, we can announce the first three. Obviously, the first one is joining us today, but to just give you a sneak peek of how some of the rest of the month is going. Uh, this week, we are joined by Luther Bob Chen of Luther Bob's. Uh, next week, we will be joined by Kim Prince of Hotville Chicken. And week three, Jen Harris from the LA Times uh, will be joining us. And then we'll, we'll, we'll announce the other guests later in the month. That's so exciting. That's okay, so we don't have those guests yet, but we know who yeah, we're going to. We know I who we're I, talking to. I have hope. You know, I have I, hope. I, 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 we got someone in, in mind for the fourth. We'll forgive me if I've asked this already. When was the last chef month? Has it been a year? It's, it was a year last November. So okay. it's, wow. it's, a year, it's a year now. We're recording wow. it in November. So okay. it's, it's just dropping a month later than a year. How about that? But this is the second annual and we're we really like excited. We like do things like that here. Yeah, we like to accidentally line things up. <laughs> yeah, this is that's exactly. But we 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 wanted to do another Chef Month, obviously. And we want to do a third Chef Month. There's so many people we want to talk to on the show, um, so we're excited to do this because last Chef Month was really was really fun and, and successful. So we met some cool chefs. So this month before we're we get the same. To, before we get into chicken tenders too, I do want to mention um, it's Chef Month. I'm launching a pop up literally this week. As yes, it's true. This. Yeah, plug it. Um, I can plug it at the top right now. It's called Comfy Pup. Uh, we're on Instagram, comfypup underscore LA. It's Midwestern comfort food. We're doing Chicago-style hot dogs, uh, Chicago Italian beef, uh, Indiana pork tenderloin, uh, and it's going to be on this Saturday, December 6th. And I think it's going to be at Barbandini, but you got to follow us because I have no idea given all this bullshit that's happening. Right yeah, now. I, was, I was going to ask how it's going to happen because I was well, it was going to be a lot bigger. everything spiked, so I was yeah. like, uh, yeah. maybe. It was going to be a lot bigger of a thing uh you know but we're still gonna do it uh regardless we we still have the means to be able to make food i'm sure we'll, sure we're, it's not gonna be as big of a day but we're doing it we're launching it this week uh i'm now a pop-up chef so it'll just be the saturday uh right now it's just this saturday especially okay. because of what's been happening uh we had some plans to do some other things but uh we have to put them on hold because of the the shutdown the re-shutdown but yeah, follow us at comfypup underscore LA on Instagram and we'll be posting all that stuff. Perfect. Perfect side plug. How about that? Um, all right. We can well, plug let's whatever get... we want because it's our yeah, show. Yeah. No, it's fine. <laughs> uh, let's get into this first episode of Chef Month. We're very excited to talk to him because Luther Bob's is the chicken spot that he opened uh, and he is the chef of and uh, they were truly... Uh, no hyperbole here. They were truly some of the best tenors we had this year. Yeah. We're excited to talk to the man who created them. Uh, so please welcome our first chef, Luther Bob Chen. Hello. Thank you so much hey. for coming. Thank you guys. Before we start, I just want to say that I really appreciate your guys' passion for chicken tenders. <laughs> you know, I mean, 
truly, I think the world of chicken tenders is a special world, right? It's a yeah. special piece of meat. There's only two of them on, on a chicken, right? Sure. And, uh, you know, to, for people to do it right, it's not easy. And, and I love that you guys go out of your way and you guys let the world know which <laughs> tenders are the best, you know, and, and yeah. that I appreciate. So thank you guys for having me. Oh, well, course. thank you for uh, appreciating us. We're glad somebody does. Um, Listen, it's not an easy job, but when God parts the heavens <laughs> and he looks down at you and he says, e- which tenders should I eat? You got to have an answer. And we it's have hard to have it's hard to have Amen. passion about something nobody has asked for. So it's it's you know thank you for appreciating <laughs> yeah. that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, we want to talk about your spot, obviously, but we want to talk about you because you're you're a pretty young guy, right? How old are you? If you don't mind me asking. Yeah, I'm 20, 26, Turned twenty six. Turn twenty six this year. Twenty six, and I, so I, I I did a little research on you, but I want to hear you know your story in your own words, and you seem like a pretty like. Um, adventurous kind of guy so you, you, you or, or what's the word i'm looking for um hmm. uh, b- uh, mm. Mm. Uh, independent hey. independent and competitive are you a competitive person are you a competitive yeah person? I, 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 would, I would certainly <laughs> say you uh have done some driven driven that's the word i was looking for driven yeah. there you go but also i feel like you probably are competitive because 26 to have had you know several menus and and clearly you, you you do them right. Um, you know, c- competitiveness, I think, is part of that always if you want to be the best at something. So talk about that. Talk about your journey and kind of what led you from where you started, you know, early on and to opening Luther Bob's. Sure, yeah. So um, I grew up uh, native, born in L.A. I grew up in a small town east of L.A. called Arcadia. You know, and, and Arcadia is a very unique, very unique space where uh, in high school as a as a junior, it was very normal if you were taking four APs, you know, and, and mm-hmm. two honors, uh, you know, and, and I tried, I really tried to be that type of normal Asian kid that was, you know, smart. And really, I, I, I didn't feel like I was book smart. I didn't feel like I was in place. Um, and, you know, I, I recall my parents had cable television. I was watching Bobby Flay and Giada and Food Network. And that's when I just really got into food. And, you know, I think there's <clears throat> a real connection with food and culture. Uh, and as an Asian American, I was trying to discover, you know, what is my culture? What is my food? Uh, and it was just super interesting, like, you know, seeing all these different foods on, on TV. And, uh, you know, and that just got me peaked uh that got me curious into the the food world uh what does it look like as a profession um you know and my parents uh were very supportive from the very beginning uh, you know and it's unusual for an asian child to tell their you know their immigrant parent who worked so hard to come to america uh you know to pursue the american dream for them to say hey dad i want to be a chef i want to be a cook right mm. um and, and he was hesitant, you know, my parents were certainly hesitant from the beginning. Sure. Um, but they, they, you know, they, they said, hey, we support your passions. You know, you have to do something you love. Otherwise, you're just going to be miserable all your life. Um, yeah. And, and, but we want you to be the best at it. We'll support you if you're the best at it. Uh, and that, that's, that little thing stuck around with me for, for a long time. Um, and so I went to culinary school in New York. CIA ended up dropping out after the first year. Uh, worked in some fine dining kitchens, five star kitchen, three Michelin star kitchen uh, in San Francisco and Georgia. Um, and you know, I, I came back. I, I spent some time working at uh, Chipotle. I was working the line. I was a grill cook there. Uh, I got a corporate job at Panda Express. I was a corporate chef there. Uh, for the multi-concept team and uh, I even went out to Vegas for a little bit I was working for as a corporate chef for a company called HIG management um, and they <clears throat> they actually have a fried chicken shop um, that I used to uh, eat at um, in, in Arcadia Mall called chicken now um, oh we, we've oh, we reviewed them oh we know oh, really? chicken now yeah we did chicken now. oh dude it's a crazy story <laughs> I'll tell you guys all about chicken now but yeah please uh, do because we didn't have much information to go off of what we did. It. That was like very early on in the show. Yeah, that was, was like our sixth our first episode. year for sure. Yeah, really? Uh, so yeah, let's, really? let's we can we can get some we can plug some chicken. Now. Their tenders were good. Man, yeah, I don't even remember. The food's not bad at all. Yeah, they were good. I remember that. 
what did your parents do? What, what were their professions? Uh, my parents uh, were in the medical industry. My okay. mom's a PA and my dad's a pathologist. Um, you know, so they're, they're very strong on education. They're very, mm-hmm. you know, uh, white collar uh, work, working uh, type of people. And, you know, for them to, you know, they always saw like the cooking industry as a blue collar job, uh, you know, and it's not something to brag about or something yeah. glamorous by any means. Um, you know, so I think going into the clinic. And I think, I think most I people probably, to, probably think that before they like, I somewhat thought that before, like I really dove into like meeting chefs and going to fancier restaurants and things like that. If, if you don't care about food, you see it that way. I feel like if food's just like food, then you don't see the what could be the glamorous, more elevated side of it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think food is very practical, right? And at the same time, there's a, a level of food that can be artistic and that can express something much more than just, you know, fulfilling your, your desire to, yeah. to eat something. Um, but then at the same time, there's an element of food that can be, you know, Wall Street level, right? Uh, you yeah. Know, and so food is very dynamic. The food industry is massive. And, and, you know, with the restaurant itself, you can you pull in so many different talents and, you know, marketing, real estate, it, it's, it's massive, you know? And so um, I have no, you know, regrets going into the food industry. Um, but yeah, with my parents, you know, telling me, Luther, I want you to be the best at it. I think that resonated deeply with me. And I, I really spent a long time trying to define what does the best mean? You know, uh, does it mean like the best in, in, in accolades, winning Michelin stars, or, you know, yeah. does it mean being profitable? Right. Um, yeah. And, and that's something I still think about, um, you know, and, well, and success it's, it's is relative, right? It's, it's to what you, you have to define your own success. If you're doing Absolutely. what you love, you have to define your own success. So to you, it could be accolades and to your parents, it could be money. That doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. Definitely, definitely. I feel like we're really therapizing you this episode. I'm really into it. So like, let's just keep let's just keep unpacking. Sure. Uh, yeah, you guys want to? Uh, you guys had some questions about chicken now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know we just would love some more information on them because we, a friend of ours, uh, Eric Brown, shout out. He was the one that suggested to us because the, yeah, they're in like a, they're in like a mall food court. That was and the yeah. closest one was probably the one you mentioned. Um, and we drove like like 45 minutes to get there. That was and, our first um, long, you know, in quotes, long trip. Yeah, yeah. To go eat chicken, and uh, it was all because he you really guys liked it. How did about chicken now? I, our was, friend Eric. Yeah, he he, he suggested us. Yeah. Oh. He just told us about it. So what was your what's your rating on chicken now based on on your memories? Oh my gosh! I mean, I think we liked it. I I remember it. I guess I remember. I guess I remember it more than you. Um, I I liked them. I mean, I remember yep. getting mashed potatoes there. I remember, yeah. I, re- I remember really liking them. Yeah. I remember it because I was like, um, you know, it was just a random suggestion and we had to drive really far. I was like, yeah, these yeah. better be fucking good. Yeah. And I don't remember <laughs> them. I don't remember them like me being mad about the drive. They were worth the drive. It seemed like. Sure. 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 How, how long did you guys drive? Probably 45 From here minutes. to there. Yeah. At least yeah. 45 minutes. Wow. That, that's not a joke. That's a drive. Yeah. And we did it because like, you know, we were like, oh, we haven't done a far place yet. Let's, let's branch out of LA for a little bit. This was, yeah, this was like, had to be our first six months on the show. And now we're in year four. Right. Um, Yeah. So uh, the, the, so what what was your job there? Line. Um, So I was the corporate chef uh, for HIG management. They, they are a Las Vegas based hospitality group that owns several uh, scalable franchisable concepts. They don't own the original chicken center, do they? No, no, no. So it, okay. it's interesting. They were, they're based in, in Florida and the founder um, is a kind of middle-aged Taiwanese man. You know, he's got a mullet. He's sounds straight up like a gangster. Um, <laughs> and uh, he's, you know, he's, he's what well, in Chinese we call Laoban, which, you know, translates to big boss in, in English. Okay. Um, and everyone called him Laoban. Um, and, you know, he, he told me the story of Chicken Now, which is astonishing to me. And I, I, he probably doesn't want me to tell people this, but, you know, it's, it's going to go out. It's going to be on the Internet. And uh, <laughs> the world must know because it's a very interesting story. So, they, you know, he had a, uh, he had a, uh, he had a, uh, a son who, you know, works. Uh, he's kind of in charge of the company now. But his son's friend 
Uh, at that time, they were in high school, and his son's friend uh, picked up a job at Raising Cane's. And Raising Cane's was all the rage. Uh, this was many, many years ago, decades ago. And mm -hmm. uh, his, you know, um, they actually hired him uh, to come over from Raising Cane's, and they paid him twice as much. Uh, they paid him twice as much to kind of share the secrets. Uh, and, and that is why there's such a strong similarity between Chicken Now and Raising Cane's. Um, and, uh, you know, I have a friend who's, um, his name is Ben. He's an avid fan of uh, Raising Cane's. I swear to God, it's like his, his meal to choose before he dies yeah. uh, type of guy. Um, and That's a guy's great taste. Me, yeah, he, <laughs> Sounds he, knows like what's, he knows what's good. <laughs> and uh, you know he told me about this I was like hey what's your favorite restaurant what do you love to eat and I was just getting to know him right this guy's based in uh, from Portland uh, or from Oregon and uh, you know, I was kind of getting to know him he kept telling me about this business Raising Cane's Raising Cane's this was maybe a few years ago three years ago uh, or four years ago I didn't try Raising Cane's yet um, and I looked up pictures and I was like no this is a copycat of Chicken Now right <laughs> this is a straight up copycat of Chicken Now that's so funny uh, yeah, and I did some more research, and I was, you know, and then I went to Vegas, and then I, I was like, actually, no, <laughs> Chicken Now is the copycat raising canes. Well, I mean, so listen, within the Nashville hot chicken community in LA, we've seen exactly that. Yeah, you know that success, you know, recreate it in different places. So yeah, definitely. I feel like for some reason, maybe it's in other industries because we don't scrutinize them obviously as much, but uh, I feel like in the chicken tender industry, uh, borrowing a successful style or recipe is not uh uncommon yeah and there's actually another business that um is based in the northeast that um created it's called uh, guthers or something gruthers have you guys heard of it no i've never heard no of it. yeah they're like the original original raising canes apparently <laughs> huh. what and, a weird wormhole see that's what's no, funny, seriously yeah i feel like your tenders Zaxby's and Raising Cane's to me are like the the flagship franchise chicken tender restaurants. I think, right? But they're but they're very similar. I do think Raising Cane's is better, they're, but they're very similar in taste and style. And I think yours are the closest I've ever had to a Raising Cane's tender outside of Raising Cane's. Mm. But I think there's there's definitely some different ingredients in terms of like the breading. I feel like, but taste wise, it's like very similar. Mm. Uh, I feel like to raising canes. Mm. Did that inspire your your recipe at all? Yeah, so I mean, I, I would say Luther Bob's is a intersection of uh, my my passion as a you know as a chef finding quality ingredients, um, mm. and it's it's you know I take in clearly we're in the fast food industry, right? Uh, you know, the food comes is cooked under ten minutes. Um, yeah. You know, so I, I do take inspirations in terms of how we operate our efficiency, the kitchen design uh, from these fast food, uh, you know, mega giants like Popeye's, Chick-fil-A and Raising Cane's. Those are, you know, I think you could clearly see those three um, defining inspirations in Luther Bob's. Um, and, I, you know, I could certainly go on and on and on and on about where those inspirations come from, but I'm I'd rather just answer your specific questions. What 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 are what went into like your recipe process for your for your tender? Well, let's let's talk about how, where 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 did you go from? Because you said you bounced around a lot until you uh, from so from chicken now, uh, which was one of your later jobs. How did you get to? Is that was that kind of the the bouncing off point to Luther Bob's? Yeah. So I actually I was working at Panda Restaurant Group, um, and that was my first. I would say that that was my first like big time job. I was getting you know, paid um, similar salary to that of a lawyer. And before that, I was working uh, my own business in a food truck. And, you know, that was absolutely, you know, difficult uh, to say the least yeah. um, financially. And also just uh, the type of food we were doing, we were cooking, you know, high quality heritage meats over Binchoton, live fire cookery. We had a whole custom truck. I mean, it was, we were, I was really pursuing this, um, uh, rosy, romantic, uh, romanticized uh, kind of career of a chef, uh, you know, and, and the opportunity came to work at Panda Restaurant Group and I absolutely had to take it. I had to see, 
you know, how someone like Andrew Chern built his, you know, two or $3 billion uh, Chinese fast food empire. Um, you know, how, how long there, did you have the food truck? Oh man, it was like on and off, but I had it for two years or something, okay. something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and working at Panda Restaurant Group was an incredible opportunity, but something inside of me there, you know, just, I just felt like I was, it was too comfortable. Right. And yeah, you know, with Panda, because it's such a big company, um, it, it is, it is very, um, bureaucratic, you know, and, and there's ladders and things that have to get approved. And, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm much more of a risk taker. I like to, you know, if I believe in it, I, I have the conviction, I want to do it that way, you know, and, you know, I, you know, I think to a certain extent, I was very young and uh, also didn't understand, um, you know, certain things beyond, beyond my capacity, you know, but I, I just couldn't see myself um, at Panda Restaurant Group for too long, because I felt like I would be comfortable and I would lose my ambitions. Yeah. Yeah, um, totally. And so, yes, you know, it, it, it didn't work out in the long term. And that, you know, I think for me, I quickly, you know, uh, said, hey, you know, what? I'm have these incredible opportunities in front of me. And I, I spent a small, t a short time uh, working a season at, uh, at uh, Cezanne. Um, the founder, uh, Josh Skeen, he opened a restaurant in L.A. called uh, Angler. And it's a seafood restaurant. Everything is cooked over live fire embers in, in Beverly Center, in Beverly Hills. And, uh, you know, live tank with live fish and king crab. I mean, it's a stunning, beautiful restaurant. The, the type of cooking there is uh, something you don't see um, every day in, in anywhere. Um, very unique place. And, and so I spent some time working there. And I wanted to pursue this, uh, you know, the, that romanticized version of, of you know, the, the fine dining and food world. Um, you know, and I, I didn't see the 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 value um and how how much inequity there was you know in terms of making sure you get the accolades and great reviews and making sure the guests are happy and making sure the business is make you know having returns and you know at the, uh, you know what i saw was there was just a lot of um you know there was the you know, I mean, I, it's hard to say. I'll, I'll say, I, I don't want to shit on them, but, you know, I'll, I'll say that they're doing something that is extremely hard and they need yeah. an incredible a team of talented people who are, you know, their, their only purpose day in and day out is to make sure that their station and their team at that restaurant succeeds. That's yeah. it. And if you're not that type of person, it affects everybody. Right. Yeah. And they had too many people on that team that weren't in that headspace. And so the dynamic of the team wasn't there. And, you know, I, I just, you know, I really couldn't see uh, the value of, of investing my time back into fine dining. And so, you know, from there, I repositioned myself and I said, Hey, I want to do chicken. I've had my eye on the chicken industry. You know, the, the, the Taiwanese Laoban uh, from, HIG management, he's, he told me he sold uh, um, the Chicken Now franchise uh, to a buyer in Dubai for $16 million, you know, and Jeez. I just kind of, I couldn't believe that, you know, and, and, uh, you know, I, I've read, I did some research about Raising Cane's and Chick-fil-A and the beef industry and how America's changing their palate towards chicken, you know, and say, hey, maybe there's an opportunity here for me to reposition myself. And so, you know, I came to, uh, decided to uh, rent an apartment in LA, uh, moved to LA and uh, at a barbecue, I met uh, one of my uh, investors. Um, his name is Ewan, Ewan Poon. And he's actually the founder of an electric scooter company uh, that focuses on <clears throat> the last mile mobility uh, called Spin. And so um, he sold, he and his partner sold Spin to Ford for $100 million. So it was, it's a very, crazy type of opportunity um you know but he he you know he gave me a check uh to start luther bobs before he even tried my fried chicken you know he had my steak uh, at the barbecue but uh, we kicked it off you know i think he saw yeah. some, some opportunity there and in the cloud kitchen uh space and the delivery space and, and this was all before the pandemic yeah um, and so you know i said hey you, you know you, you have a check you want to give it to me you want to you know get this opportunity going um sure why not? You seem like a good guy. Um, and so, 
yeah, we kind of just went forward with it. And uh, that's how Luther Bob's was born. When did you start Luther Bob's? How long, how, how long has it been now? About we launched on Valentine's Day. Okay. So coming yeah. up on a year. February 14, yeah. You started right before the pandemic. Um, that could not have been easy. We want to get into that. But first, let's, let's talk about your chicken. So two-part two question here. What do you think goes into a good tender? And what did you put into the recipe for your tender? Sure. And I guess those might go hand in hand because obviously you think your tender is probably the best version of a tender. So, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think we always have room to improve. Uh, sure. But, you know, to break down the science of a tender, um, I would say, you know, as if you, if, you ha- if you eat one of the best tenders, you have this euphoric moment in your life where you're like, why did I not have this experience earlier, right? It's so incredible. And I think that incredible experience, you can, uh, you can kind of parallel it to a, a, an incredible piece of art, right? And, and that art can be transformative. And, and you know, with a piece of art, it starts with the canvas, right? The canvas is the chicken. Mm-hmm. You have to have a good piece of chicken, right? If you're using... Uh, old chicken or cheap chicken, you know, chicken that's produced uh, in, in very high volumes where, you know, really they, they, they don't, um, they don't really care that much about the chicken. I think you're going to be able to taste it. Right. And, and it will yeah. taste like a, like KFC tender. Right. It, and it's not bad by any means. It will get, it, you know, it'll, it, it'll hit the spot once in a while but it's not a euphoric, you know, type of tender. Um, so you got to start with great chicken, right? Sure. Um, after the chicken, there's a few techniques or processes that you can do to enhance the chicken. And one of them, the most important, one of the most important things is texture, right? The texture of the breading and the texture of the chicken. So the chicken has to be tender and juicy while the breading has to be crispy and crunchy. Those right. are, uh, they're, they're <laughs> like, uh, they, they don't like to mingle, you know, they don't get along very well. So, you know, yeah. that's the, especially in a, in a delivery chicken. only environment. Absolutely. Absolutely. It becomes yeah. even more challenging in as a delivery product. Um, and so with tenderizing, there's different techniques to tenderize. You can, you can use a chemical agent, uh, to tenderize, you know, they have those little tenderizer seasoning kits. Those are usually a uh, extract of pineapple. Uh, it's an enzyme that breaks down protein. You, you know, you could go there, but it, it creates a very interesting texture. Uh, or you could brine your chicken. And brining your chicken uh, does all sorts of wondrous things where it, it tenderizes it, enhances the bounciness of the chicken. Um, and so we actually go through that process of tenderizing the chicken. Uh, but not only tenderizing, there's another process where you can put a piece of meat in a vacuum. And when you put a piece of meat in a vacuum, not your traditional vacuum, like a Dyson <laughs> type yeah. of vacuum, but I'm talking about a, a vacuum chamber. It's a you know big stainless steel chamber with a little plexiglass dome and it sucks the air out. There's a motor that sucks all of the oxygen out. And what happens when something's you know in an in a environment where there's no oxygen is that it starts to expand, right? There's no air pressure. And so physically, you're physically breaking down some of those connective tissues that makes the, the protein, this, in this case, the chicken tender, uh, tender. And so we actually go through that process with all of our tenders. We put it through a vacuum um, and then we mm. put it through a brine as well. Uh, and so the brine injects flavor, uh, injects salt, sugar, uh, aromatics into our brine. Uh, and then that's the canvas, right? Um, and then you start adding your colors and your paints or your oils, you know, and, and you know, we have, we have an incredible egg dip that we use. Uh, that is, we only use organic eggs. So, I, you know, I, maybe you can't taste the difference. I'd like to think you could. Um, you know, I, I, I love the organic egg. The color is different. Uh, you know, you use the regular egg, but it's very bright yellow. Use organic egg. It's dark. It's red. Adds more of this, like, color appeal to the chicken. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so we use organic egg. We use nonfat um, organic milk powder in our, in our egg dip as well. 
Um, <clears throat> and then with our flowers, we use never bleached, never bromated uh, flour. Brom bromate is uh, actually a chemical that's uh, banned in other parts of the world, like the UK, Canada, uh, and, and there's study that shows that it can cause cancer and you know all sorts of stuff in, the, in lab rats and other animals. <laughs> and so we we use King Arthur flour. Um, there's no, there's no. Uh, That's the best focaccia flour too. Hey. There we go. There we go. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I you know, for us, we just we pay a particular eye to the quality of ingredients. Yeah, and and we certainly don't market it as much. Um, but I I would hope that people could just taste it. You can, and and I, that's definitely something we talked about when we reviewed your spot. Is that there's clearly you know, you, you, clear, you clearly got a quality point and quality, there's no, there's no place with quality that doesn't get above or 10, 11, 12 points. Mm. Totally. Yeah. I, I mean feel like qual yeah. quality is the one marker that will let the, the rest of the dominoes fall. And I think we can taste the quality in certain places like you and walk contenders and Hall and Ray's. Yeah. Um, the quality comes through because you guys care about that kind of stuff and the way that mm. the way the chickens are treated and fed and, and, and killed and all that kind of stuff is, is a process that's important to the taste of the chicken, and all that kind of stuff. And Definitely. Um, the chefs that know that, I think the quality comes through. So yeah, it, it does. What do you guys um, see in the, what are the most uh, unique um, or specific um, like, I guess, points that you guys will award the most heavyweight points in your opinion is it the texture is it the juiciness is it the the saltiness the flavor the aroma uh, the color i mean we really have like i would say like our main like eight to ten six to ten is like quality no point, no point is more important than the other we only give one point mm. per thing right but if something is really good on rare occasions we'll give it two points but anything can get two points if it's if it's that if it's good enough i just we, we i feel like when the quote when you have a good quality uh you're probably gonna have a good size and that's gonna lead to a probably good mouth you know what i mean like sure. all of the dominoes start falling from quality right right yeah i mean you know i i think you guys definitely i, I you know listening to your podcast i would certainly agree with you in in all if not uh yeah, I would agree, certainly agree with you and almost all of your points and uh, the way you guys rate it. And so how did you guys come up with uh, your point system? Oh, you know. Trial and error. <laughs> yeah, our, trial first episode, our first episode ever was Chick-fil-A and we got through the whole episode and we were like, oh, how do we like, how do we like rank the plate? Like, how do we determine yeah, right. like what's Whatever the, what's we the did marker? Whatever we did make sense. Yeah. So we were yeah. just like, I don't know, let's just give it a number one through 10 and then like find the average of the two. And that was right. the first one we did. And that was stupid. So from the second episode on, we're like, let's just give it points. And, you know, throughout, throughout the years, we've created kind of consistent points that a place should get. And then the point system kind of, you know, corrects itself. And like the, the good places do float. Sometimes a, a good place will be a low number, but we'll still approve it. Um, mm. But the best I mean, places the rise to the top. We have like there's no bad places say. in the top. We probably have like eight to twelve standard points that we go over every single episode. And if you're a really good place, you're gonna already have gotten say probably ten to twelve. And then yeah. if you're a great place, what sets the really great and amazing places away from just the good places is their extra stuff. We have points that we don't give to other places if they have like fun things. You know, it could it could honestly be anything. But basically right. places that go above and beyond the things that we talk about every single episode. And then those are the places that get those points. Those are the ones that are at the way top. Mm. So it's been tough in the pandemic because a lot of the experience for some of the places or a lot of the points rather has been like going to the place and experiencing it. But yeah, we've had, we've done plenty of, of ghost kitchens and deliver only places on the show. And uh, some of them like you are, are the top half of the list. So it, it balances itself out. Yeah. So speaking of, of Ghost Kitchen, kind of let's talk about you launched in February. Pandemic kicked off in March. Um, it's not easy to open a restaurant at any time, let alone right at the beginning of a pandemic when people weren't allowed to go to restaurants. But you were ahead of the curve because you had a Ghost Kitchen. So talk about 
kind of did that help the situation have you because i'll be honest like i've talked to people who have had you who just know that i host a podcast or people we mm. jake who we did the podcast with your spot since then has gone back several times so like yeah. people really do like you and that there's i think some word of mouth going around about you so has have you have you seen the growth uh is that representative of, of how popular or how well you're doing and kind of how have you navigated the pandemic yeah definitely i think i mean we're still in our first year so you know there's with every restaurant there's seasonality to it there's busy seasons there's slower seasons and we're just starting to collect data um as to which seasons are busy and which seasons are slow but we definitely hit milestones in in our business that i, I honestly had no idea that we would you know be hitting in those type of sales um and you know the word got out and we definitely have a strong community of people who appreciate the product and uh you know there's it's very interesting there's this uh there's this beauty community um that that appreciate our fried chicken um and i i didn't i didn't necessarily see uh, uh any marketing um you know strategies to to attract those type of people um, mm -hmm. but you know we we use uh rice bran oil which is a very specific type of oil that is great for high heat uh, but it also has incredible health benefits um and we kind of talked a little bit about it on instagram and you know we put it on as a little story and we put it on the side and you know after that we we got this uh a, a crowd of of beauty people um their instagrams all focused around uh beauty and face care and, and stuff like that and you know i was like oh it must have been from the rice bran oil huh. um part of rice for your oil skin is, it is it is good for your skin hmm. um and it sounds it sounds kind of crazy but um you know there is some there's some truth to it uh and i feel like you'll find fan bases in very random spots from very random posts or like a random <laughs> yeah, guest yeah. or just a random person that goes to your spot yeah for sure for sure and you know i would love to know who have who's come who has come from your show um but unfortunately you know all we see are just the first names and we yeah. have no idea where they're where they're coming from um but yeah, well, we, I would say probably 80% of your business this year came from our show. So you could just cut us a check. <laughs> um, Definitely. No doubt. Make us an invest investor, you know? Yeah. That's fine. too. Um, yeah. So Luther Bob's is, um, you know, we're, we're still in a growing position. I would say um, we're, you know, we, we have a good opportunity in front of us. We have different strategies that we can use to continue to push forward. Um, but yeah, we're, you know, still a very, very young company. And I think there's uh, a lot of opportunities for us uh, in the near and distant future. Are you, uh, what's the future? Uh, it might be too soon. Obviously you're not even at a year, but what's the future growth look like? And is, is, is ghost kitchen. And cause I feel like to be frank, I would order from mm. you a lot more often if you were closer to me. Mm. And so what's the, cause I feel like there's so many ghost kitchens in that on Washington that's just so far from us. Um, yeah. yeah. What's, what's the, what's the future for expansion look like? Do you yeah, ever so want to do a brick know, and mortar or is this, or is this business absolutely. Uh, style work for you? Absolutely. I think with any um, great businesses, they have different avenues to uh, for distribution. And with Luther Bob's right now, our only distribution is through the ghost kitchen infrastructure. And for me, that's not sufficient enough. Um, I see a drive-through in our future. I see a in-and-out style uh, infrastructure where you have a very small production kitchen uh, and you have outdoor seating and, and two-lane drive-through. Uh, I definitely see that as an opportunity. I see uh, Domino-style, um, you know, kitchens where you know you it's a small storefront in the front. Pick uh -huh. up your order and you have delivery people running in and out. I can see that. Um, I can see maybe a flagship store where we have a nice you know, dinner tables, uh, outdoor dining, you know, maybe an alcohol license. And, you know, that would be the, the best way to experience Luther Bob's. Yeah. Um, in, in a very social setting and, and you get the food hot and fresh and there's a level of service involved. Um, but, you know, I, I would say that that's more limited in the future, but I, you know, my passion for hospitality and taking care of people will always be there. And, you know, I think that's somewhere in, in, in my plans, uh, 
and it comes more from a place of passion than you know profit but i think uh you know i, I recently started looking into domino's model and they, they you know they have this technique um that they call fortressing and they start opening more locations in a very small uh 10 mile radius um usually they didn't deliver in, in a six mile radius and what we initially saw as you know hey maybe we're cannibalizing our, our own sales um what domino sees is uh they're fortressing and they can deliver a fresher and hotter pizza to someone in that radius uh but deliver a better quality and potentially get them to come back more often uh and so yeah, yeah go ahead you know you know what the weird thing about that model is mm. there's a domino's 0.2 miles from my house Right. But but when I order online, it comes from the Domino's two miles from my house because <laughs> I'm on the other side of the 0.2 mile Domino's radius. No way. Like the radius must just shoot east or west. Oh no. <laughs> so like it's oh. it's it I mean it doesn't it's still it's only two miles away that it doesn't get any like whatever, but it's weird that that's the one that's because that's the one that's open later. Right. So if I want like a really late pizza. I'll call it up and they'll be like, we don't deliver there. I'm like, but I'm in there. Like you just so. walk there. It's point two miles. Yeah, exactly. It's by, <laughs> it's by, it's by, uh, it's by angry chicks. That one. Oh, sure. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you live in downtown. No, Los Feliz. Oh, Los Feliz. There's an angry yeah. chicks in Los Feliz. That's the original one. Oh, okay. Yeah. In Hollywood. Oh, cool. So I could, I could definitely say Luther Bob's brick and mortar for sure, a flagship. So, but you think the, the future of expansion is keeping it small and like doing, you know, a small walk up in a strip mall or a small drive through, like a Foster's freeze kind of thing and like food courts and stuff like that. Like, so like the chicken now kind of, well, I guess they, I don't know where, where else chicken now was. Chicken now is mostly in malls. Um, yeah. I, I don't think we would focus on mall food courts as much um, I guess malls was, are dying right they they malls will always be around <laughs> they, <laughs> there's a, no more know, malls 2021 malls got canceled <laughs> what what are you guys how, when's the last time you guys been to a mall I uh, hate malls with a passion I live inside of a hot topic <laughs> no, I hate malls. I, don't know. I, I never go to malls unless yeah, uh, I mean I guess probably unless there's a specific I, store I, that's only in the mall I avoid I avoid the target that's closer to me because it's in a mall. I drive to a farther target because it's not in a mall. But didn't you guys grow up like you know high yeah. school? Hey, let's oh, go to the sure, mall. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't there a sense of nostalgia? <laughs> yeah, but they're not the same anymore. It's not the same. Yeah, I, malls, I malls like, fucking suck now. Most of it's fucked up. I don't buy. I don't buy the same as I did when I was that age. So I don't go to any of those stores. I don't. Uh, I mean, you know, the honestly, the true reason why I would go to a mall uh, is if. There is because there's a food court. If my girlfriend mm. said that she was going to the mall, or do you want to come with? I would be like, hell yeah, because there's a food court and I can go eat chicken now. That's why okay. I would go to a mall. That's it. Mm. Maybe they have a candy store too. But I oh, do yeah. think the idea of like a small, like uh, a small drive up that's just chicken tenders. Listen, we love the idea of just a chicken tender restaurant. We know there's a thousand of them now. The the chicken tender the, the tender friends bump is real. Yeah, but. Mm. We anyone that specializes in just chicken tenders, most of the time they do it right, and obviously you're a place that does it right, or we wouldn't be talking to you. So, like the idea of like a small place is a, I think that's that's totally fine for a chicken tender spot. I mean, in and out style. You do sandwiches as well. Yes. Can you imagine having that little drive-in going in, having the same experience as an in and out, but instead of getting cheeseburgers, you get Luther Bob's chicken tenders? That's amazing. Like that's that's the in and out for us, obviously, because it's tender friends. But like. Man, that would be that'd and, be and listen. There's a lot of tender places in LA. This is just you know we're we're giving you some personal. This is this is this is investment advice here now. But <laughs> there's there's a lot of between you between you and us. There's a lot yeah, of tender places me. in LA, but most of them are Nashville hot chicken tenders. Yeah, who can expand the market in LA to be that authentic Southern style, more traditional tender mm. before Raising Cane's? Because there's the closest Raising Cane's is also like 40 minutes away. So like if people are like, oh, I want to go to the chicken tender restaurant, they might associate raisin canes. But if you get that market down, you know, I don't know. So you know, we'll, we'll buy a franchise, is what we're saying. We'll, <laughs> we'll take one. We'll pull our money. How, okay, when you guys go to the the hot chicken joints, what do you think about their country style 
uh, chicken tenders. I mean, generally, that's what we get because, oh, well, that's not true. I guess more recently, we've been trying the spices because we, we do feel that if we're, if we're going to the spots, we should be getting the spices. But yeah. generally, it's good to try the country because sometimes you just want a chicken tender. Yeah. I will say I don't like, and, and you do this too, but there's also some flavoring in it that I, that overpowers it. And I said this in the episode, actually, specifically, is like there's some pickle usually in the brine. Right? Mm. Do you use pickle in your brine? We don't actually. No. What 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 aspect do you put pickle? Is just the pickle on top? Just the pickle on top. Yeah. Okay. Maybe it was just the aromatics of that then. Because so I said I was like, I can taste the pickle, but it wasn't like overpowering. But in a lot of natural hot chicken places, they put pickle in the brine, and the pickle right. is overpowering a lot. Some a lot mm. more than others. Especially like Helen you. does it well. If you don't like pickle, I hate pickle. Yeah. You're gonna taste that shit. You know. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know, Dave's, I know Dave's, Dave's I know Dave's I was talking so to one of the pickle forward. Yeah, because they, <laughs> so they throw their chicken tenders in pickle juice for 30 minutes. Yeah, okay, that's what it is. Yeah, it's so much pickle. That's 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 my one flaw with Dave's and why I'm like okay with where it's at on our list is just because it's so much mm. pickle. Right. It's good. It's good when it's heavily seasoned. But yeah, I, if I there's spice, about... then obviously you can't taste it. But but, but your right. question was about the country, and that's what comes yeah. forward with them. The right, spice right. obviously knocks that out for the most part. What about what about Howling Rays' uh, country tenders? I, I well, so we had we had Johnny's country tenders before he did these new. He has he changed them. I don't know if they ever announced that they changed them, but we've had yeah. them before and we've had them after. And I think what he did with them after, I think they're really good. I think both uh, times they were they were. I mean, I think both times they were great. But I think hands down some of the best we had for sure. We didn't think it could get any better, and then we had like the new ones, and mm-hmm. they got better. Yeah. What is the new ones? Are the black peppery ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It puts mm-hmm. like a shake on them. Yeah, nice. Um, what about okay? In terms of size, right? Because Howling Rays, everything is big and Howling Rays, right? Uh, if you compare it to Chick Fil A, Chick Fil A is like small. And would you would do you guys prefer a smaller tender or a Howling size tender? Mm, I just need the meat think... to breading ratio to be right. Yeah. I don't know if I care about the size. And I just needed my teeth to be able to comfortably slide through the chicken. Because <laughs> I find that the thicker ones sometimes, like a lot, of, a lot of the times, it doesn't. You know, that's when you don't really have the greater mouthfeel. I don't think Howland Rays is, are, are much bigger than yours. But I, I like both the sizes. I don't think, yeah, like Michael said it perfectly. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the breading to, to meat ratio and... We don't want like a really gross, like, I don't like super thick pieces for sure. Right, um, right. That's definitely not something I want. Okay, well, let me, let me ask you guys this. Yeah. Between Popeyes, Raising Cane's, and Chick-fil-A, who has the best tender? Well, they're, they're all different. Uh, yeah, I mean, Raising Cane's for sure. But yeah. uh, I don't like Popeyes. Sauce, okay, how about this? How about this? Sauce aside. Oh, Raising, uh, raising Cane's. Cane's. Still. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I think I think Popeyes are some of the worst tenders in the in the game. Um, Chick Fil A's are good; they're also a little pickle forward. Um, I prefer the nuggets over the tenders at Chick Fil A by far. Yeah, I personally feel that Chick Fil A sauces are better than raising canes. Uh, than raising canes. So let's talk about let's talk about what it went into your sauces. Sure. So um, that's an important factor. Bob sauce is um, clearly inspired by. Uh, comeback sauce. It's inspired by Howling Rays' sauce. It's inspired by uh, uh, Raising Cane's sauce. It's inspired by Chicken Now sauce, the sauce that I grew up eating in high school. You know, and and I, personally for me, I always when I first had that sauce, it was at Chicken Now, and I just thought, wow, this sauce is incredible, and it, it's the perfect pairing for fried chicken. There isn't Michael. a better sauce. Do you think I've never asked you this? Do you think, Michael, this, that that's a West Coast sauce? Is the East Coast that, and Midwest no. is the East Coast and Midwest like just ranch and honey mustard? No, I mean, like you, you would get that sauce. I mean, think about Nashville hot chicken. It's that's all amongst Nashville. It's like the South. It's like going up towards the. the Do they have of that? America. I guess they have that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the East Coast. Is it's. An, I didn't know anything. I feel like the East Coast is not that doesn't fuck with any comeback or, or raisin cane style sauce. But now that I'm out here and I've yeah, traveled and, and seen other places, it is like the, 
people expect that, especially at a chicken finger restaurant, I feel like. So, yeah. 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 I mean, part of that is Chick-fil-A's Chick-fil-A sauce, I think. Chick-fil-A's Chick-fil-A sauce and Raisin Cane's That's true. I mean, those are what people mostly associate with. I don't know. What, would you, what, what do you guys think Chick-fil-A sauces? Chick-fil-A sauce? I, they, somebody told us once. It's like uh, barbecue sauce, mustard, honey mustard, like two other things. It's like four of their sauces mixed together, isn't it? Yeah, I think I, it, to me it's, it's uh, mayo, barbecue, and honey mustard Yeah, flavors. Yeah, yeah that, that checks out. I, I, like the, I like Chick-fil-A sauce. I also really like the Polynesian. I like to mix them. Oof, the Polynesian. Mm-hmm. People hate that shit, but uh, I love it. I like it. I like the sriracha, the spice, um, the sweet chili sriracha one. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, pretty much all their sauces that are good. Incredible. That's like that's why I keep going there. Really, is because I like <laughs> I like to cover it in all of the so- the five different sauces and do a sauce suicide. Right. Okay. So I do agree with you guys that Popeyes tenders are the worst. Okay. But I, it's, it's a bit of a tangent from tenders, but no, to good. me, it is sacrilegious to sell a chicken sandwich and put tenders in it. And that's what Canes does. And I, I get why they do mm. it because they don't want to carry a breast. They sure. don't want to yeah. go through another SKU and they're yeah. all about efficiency. I get that. But to me, I, I don't want three fingers in a yeah. sandwich. No, a hundred percent. Like that makes yeah, it's just not in. Yeah. 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 And you, you have a chicken sandwich, right? On your menu? We do. We do. Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree with that. And I didn't even know Raisin Cane's did that. Um, but now they're canceled. So now we can't ever go to Raisin Cane's. <laughs> now I'll never go back. I will never ever go back. Uh okay, so the Bob sauce is inspired by the classic comeback sauce. Uh yes. your take on that. What what are the other, what other sauces do you have? So um, a little history, we have uh, hot honey and hot honey came from a few, in in high school actually, I remember someone took me to uh, the Chick-fil-A in, I think it was like Costa Mesa or something like that, but it was the first one in the West Coast. It was a huge deal and they were from the East Coast and, you know, they kept talking about it. I was like, oh, okay, sure. Let's try this fried chicken joint, whatever you want to call it. And I, I got a sandwich, you know, and they don't put anything in the sandwich, right? There's no mayo. There's nothing. It's just a plain old chicken sandwich with butter chicken. I ate it. I was like, this is very average. I don't, I don't love it. I think it's very average. And then sometime around, I figured out how to eat, uh, uh, Chick-fil-A and, and you, you have to get the sauces, which uh, there's plenty of sauces to get. Uh, and you put it into your sandwich and I've tried all of them and they're all pretty good. Um, but the one sauce that I use for Chick-fil-A, is not on the menu and it's just honey and hot sauce and so we actually use uh american 100 percent american clover honey we use uh naturally fermented hot sauce and we also use uh a, a asian hot sauce called gochujang which is a korean uh, based sure. fermented yeah. chili sauce wow uh i feel like honey is is an underrated uh chicken sauce right yeah. it, I it mean, is right known about yeah. right but we don't see it at that many places yeah People, yeah, people don't do it as much in public. It's, it's, it's. Uh, I guess <laughs> don't do that in public. <laughs> people do <laughs> not use honey in public. Not with all the bees dying. <laughs> not gonna catch me putting honey on chicken in L.A. <laughs> yeah, why is kettle. that? Why is that so underrated? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Honey's Kettle is a place in Culver City, and they're. I think they have ghost kitchens now. They've. I feel like they're the place that does it. Like they have a whole hot honey like a pump pump out in the in the restaurant but that's what they're known for and i don't know any other places that push the honey of it all mm. what a shame it's okay a shame. we'll keep it a secret that's, that's it yeah and don't tell anyone people will be, then people will associate honey with just your chicken and that's even better there we go yeah um okay so we, we talked about everything I think, I think we covered everything michael do you have anything you want to add no no it's been awesome it's been great to talk to you um yeah, I'm glad we got to talk looking, to you. We've been looking forward to talking to you, but I mean, your your chicken is probably amongst all of the people that are closest to us. It's what everyone has talked about the most. It's like the best kept secret amongst our, our yeah. friends. Yeah, is it is it really? Yeah, uh, seriously, people have if if we talk about like me being a podcast that does 
chicken tenders or whatever me being a podcast me me hosting a mm-hmm. podcast about chicken tenders i am podcast. people will bring up I've, I've i've had people bring up luther bobs the person jake ellen bogan who we went to who we did the review of your place with has gone several times since then um yeah didn't farley ask us if we had had it I'm pretty sure a, a, several people have yeah um yeah yeah i mean it's wow. chicken it when when was the last time you had the tenders I got it probably, probably end of summer. Yeah, I probably haven't ordered months. tenders out for outside the show since then. And so I'm going to have to send you guys uh, some tenders again um, because uh, our tenders are very different now. And oh, okay. um, we, we get a different uh, purveyor to supply our chicken now, uh, but they're much more consistent. They're 2.5 ounces each. Um, beautiful. Uh, it's just a beautiful product. I'm super proud of it and it's super scalable. And so um, it, we're definitely moving into the right direction, but it's, it is different, very small, subtle differences, but people who have tried the food from the beginning till now, they might notice a subtle difference, but uh, I think it's a pretty big difference. And I, I definitely want you guys to um, try it. So, you know, text me, you know, wherever you guys want me to send some chicken to, and I'm happy yeah, yeah. to send some chicken hey, to listen. you guys. It's rent week, so daddy's broke. Could use a free meal. <laughs> I've spent far too much on Pokemon cards randomly this month, and I uh, are are you are you investing in Pokemon cards? Yeah, like I have this weird obsession with them again. I mean, I was obsessed when I was little, and then I got and I found like a YouTube hole, and it's a whole story. I spent like a few grand this past two weeks um and uh it hasn't been going i mean it's been going well i mean i i am thoroughly enjoying it i got to open up like over 200 packs of pokemon cards and um i pulled some great pulls and i'm going to keep doing nice. it until i am homeless so uh I, I, what have you made an investment of a profit on on the on the pokemon flipping cards already so that's what the the goal is to put together a, a good enough collection. I know which ones to chase. I know which ones are the chase cards. Mm. I'm sourcing like through friends, old collections. I'm having my mm. mom look through my old boxes in my room. Mm. I think I have like one book. So I'm trying to like, mm. my goal, obviously, if I had like, a, you know, one thing to focus on would be to like get old retro cards that are worth the most. But yeah. in the meantime, since that's impossible and, and not affordable right now because the market's going crazy. It's like right. for one of those old boxes of like 36 booster packs, it's, a first edition one sold for like three hundred thousand dollars, which <laughs> I don't have that. Um, so I've been like trying to like in the meantime satisfy myself with like modern sets that uh, still have like five hundred dollar Charizards in them. Right, right, so, dude. Yeah, I was at Best Buy and it, the whole Pokemon shelf was empty. Yeah, it's 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 huge right now. The past, since like July, it's or since like uh, September, it's blown up, and uh, now it's sold out everywhere. And obviously, it was just Black Friday, so. Shit sold out this weekend, but yeah, yeah, it's wild. It's taken over again. I mean, it's always been the number one business. It's the number one franchise in the, the world. Mm, that's wild. It's, it's, oh, it's, by the way, the the uh, chicken shop that could be the original, like Kane's uh, copycat, is called Guthrie's. And from what I'm aware of, oh Guthrie's, Guthrie's, yeah, yeah, I've heard of them. Are they a southern place though? I think they're southern from alabama yeah that's southern yeah i, th- I yeah, think I, I someone might correct me but i think they came before canes well canes canes started in 1990 i think so they're not that old 30 mm-hmm. years i guess is old i mean i'm old but guthrie sounds like an older name play well we can google it right now let's just see two baby 1982 <laughs> 82 guthrie's yep 1982 yeah, so, wow so yeah there were eight years before Canes and Canes was started by a, a couple of college guys, so I'm sure they were like took a business class and then just stole Guthrie's model, right? Yeah, <laughs> sounds, sounds about Probably. white. So, sounds <laughs> well, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's been incredible chatting with you guys, and yeah, I'm glad uh, we got to talk. Yeah, text me, text me your on stuff. The year. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations on where can people, how can people get Luther Bob's delivered to them? Yeah, so we just launched our. Uh, uh, our address, uh, web address, um, www.lutherbobs.com. You can order for pickup and delivery uh, with the press of a button, just one tap away. You can get fried chicken delivered 
to your house. Um, and chicken sandwiches, chicken tenders. We got the whole shebang, jasmine sweet tea. Uh, it's an incredible meal. What's your, what's your delivery range in LA? Because I feel like you delivered to me. I'm Los Feliz. It's about six miles. Um, it's about six or seven miles, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if you're in LA. Los Feliz. Oh, wow. We've, we talked about Luther Bob's before. You know we love them. Um, and we're glad we got to talk to you because rarely do we get to talk to the people who make our best tenders. Um, so, you know, glad we got to do that. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, check out lutherbobs.com. You can follow us on Instagram at tenderfriendspod, on Twitter at tenderfriends. Um, and we'll be back next week for week two of Chef Month. We're doing this all for charity. You heard the intro. Um, we, we are still researching the organization as we record this, but we're pretty sure we know what it is, but we don't know. We don't want to misspeak. So before this episode started, you heard an intro telling you what charity Chef Month is dedicated to. Uh, we're pretty sure we're raising money for small restaurants affected by COVID. Right, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> we, just don't, we don't know exactly what organization. We, we got well, we one. Do, you heard it at the beginning. But we do you because you heard it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. You heard so it at the beginning. So go to the, whatever link we started. I think we're starting a, like a GoFundMe or something. Probably one that takes less of a fee. Yeah. And you're going to donate each week. We have a chef on. You listen to the episode. You go donate. And then I we're going to donate. Just donate a Venmo. No, we'll we'll just do it to the GoFundMe, and then we'll we'll get the grand total, so everyone can see it as it progresses, sure. and then we'll throw it into the, and then we'll donate and send and show everyone that we donated and didn't pocket it. That's fun. Okay, let's do that. Right? Sure. Let's do that. Let's do. We're it. trying to give back. It's 2020. It's been a crazy year. Let's give back. Small businesses are hurting, um, and uh, hopefully this month we can raise a little money for them. So, yay! Thank you. You guys are awesome. You guys are the best. <laughs> Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Tender friend.